Hope you have your Bibles this morning. Would love for you to join me in Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18, a very familiar passage of Scripture, one of which we know when we think about vision and casting vision and, and plans and preparations and, and things for the future. Uh, so uh, uh, a great, great passage of Scripture. As a matter of fact, if you have your Bible this morning, would you just lift it up real high so I can see it? You encourage your pastor, my stars. I love that. I love that so very, very much. Excuse me. Pew, there you go, front row. There was a ladybug on the pulpit. Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see him fly off? He was, he was in a hurry, wasn't he? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Proverbs chapter 29. We're going to look at verse number 18. If you're able to stand, would you please stand as we honor the reading of God's Word? Notice what the Scripture uh, says. The Bible says there, uh, there in Proverbs chapter 29, in verse number 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now let's back up and let's read that first section one more time. Where there's no vision, the people perish. You may be seated for prayer. Father, uh, 2018 is coming to a close here in just a few days. So Heavenly Father, I pray that as we make plans, think about vision... Think about, Lord, 2019, the accomplishments that uh, we would like to see uh, happen through you. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to our hearts today in regards to Maysville Baptist Church. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. I pray, Lord, your blessings today. We love you. And God, I pray that the anointing, Father, just fill me all the way to the top once again, that I may have liberty to preach. I love this people. I love pastoring uh, this church. Lord, I pray a blessing on it for the coming days and the coming year. In Jesus' name, amen. I heard a story about a law enforcement officer recruit. He was taking his final oral examination. And in order to take that examination, he stand in front of the entire class, a very large class of recruits. And the instructor looked at him and said, I got one question for you. It's your final question for the exam. What would you do if you had to arrest your mother-in-law? And without missing a beat, he turned to that guy and he said, I'd call for backup. <laughs> now, that may or may not be a good plan. I guess it really would be dependent on whether or not she got bailed out. Then it would be a very bad plan. But you cannot make plans without vision. In order for us to move forward in 2019, we must have a clear plan on how we're going to get there. But before we make those plans, it's vitally important that we all see the vision. It's vitally important that the vision be adopted by us and so that we can execute that vision for God's glory. So a church-wide yearly vision is valuable to the growth of the church. And we all know what the Bible says, again, from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. The Bible says, where there's no vision, the people perish. Therefore, it is vitally important to know what vision really is all about. Some might say, well, I've got 20-20 vision, or I've got 20-10 vision. That's not the kind of vision I'm talking about. That's sight. And there's a vast difference between sight and vision. Sight is a function of the eyes, while vision is a function of the heart. Sight looks at what is close, 
while vision sees further than your eyes can see. Sight sees the tangible, where vision makes the unseen visible. God has clearly given me a vision for 2019. And as I think about 2019, we have to ask ourselves this question, why do we need a vision for 2019? Well, God does not speak to you about where you are. He speaks to you about where you're going. Dear friend, we are aliens, the Bible says. Where are we going as born-again children of God? Bless God, I don't know about you, but I'm going to heaven. And where I'm going to heaven, when I go to heaven, I'm telling you, it's going to be better than where I'm at today. Now, I enjoy your fellowship. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy being with you. I'd rather be in church on Sunday than anywhere in all the world, anywhere. This is where I want to be on Sunday mornings, worshiping my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with the greatest people in the world, and that's you. But I'm going to tell you what's even better than that. I'm going home one day. I'm going to see my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm going home one day. This world's not my home. I'm going to a better place. But I'm going to tell you what, on my journey to a better place, God has given me everything that I need in the the Word of God to live the abundant life. And in living the abundant life, I'm so grateful that the Lord has called us with purpose. He's called us with vision. I think about what God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1.5. God told Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. You see, dear friend, if you're alive today, and we did a little test a couple weeks ago where we checked our pulse to make sure we were here. I'm here to tell you, if you're alive and you're in this service today, and you're listening to me, regardless of how you're hearing this sermon, I'm telling you, God has got a purpose for you. He's got a plan for you. And not just does he have a plan for you individually. He's got a plan for us corporately. Collectively, there's a plan for Maysville Baptist Church. Vision, therefore, requires action in order for it to become a reality. So if vision asks the question, uh, what do we see? Pastor, what do you see concerning our vision for 2019? I see six things that I think we need, to, we need to continue to strive together in 2019. For 52 weeks, I want us collectively to focus on six things. Now, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to be able to give you all six today. As a matter of fact, I've, I've divided it up. I'm going to give you three today and three next Sunday morning. So you don't want to miss uh, this series of messages. Uh, the fact of the matter is simply this. When we focus on the kingdom of God... There is a vision that God's laid in my heart for us as a church that I'd love to see us execute. Let me show you three things this morning in regards to the vision God's given me for 2019 for us to participate together. Number one, the first thing I think God wants us, I know God wants us to do, is to pray daily. In 2019, God has laid it on my heart to communicate to this church, of which I'm the pastor, that we pray daily. F.B. Meyer, the author of a great book entitled The Secret of Guidance, said this, The great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but an unoffered prayer. Dear friend, it seems to me that instead of being something we do every day like breathing, prayer has become like that little box on the wall that says, Break 
in case of emergency. Dear friend, when there's an emergency, we break the glass of prayer and we begin to pray. I heard a story of a, the other day of a man who was flying an airplane. As he was flying a, an airplane, uh, he called the tower and he said, Pilot to tower, I'm 300 miles from the airport. I'm 600 feet above the ground and I'm out of fuel. I am descending rapidly. Please advise. Over. What came over the radio was this. Tower to pilot, the dispatcher began. Repeat after me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Dear friend, prayer is not just what we use in case of an emergency. Prayer is, for the most part, an untapped resource, an unexplored continent where untold treasure remains to be unearthed. It is talked about more than anything else and preached less than anything else. And yet, for the believer, it remains one of the greatest gifts our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has given us outside of salvation. Albert Einstein was asked in 1952 as he was delivering a lecture on the campus of Princeton University, a doctrinal student asked him, asked the famous scientist this question. What is there left in the world for an original dissertation research today? Uh, Albert Einstein thought for a few minutes and then profoundly responded to the young man by saying this. Find out about prayer. Somebody must find out about prayer. Prayer. Why? Because prayer is an amazing thing. Doctors say that prayers, prayers help those that are sick get healthy. I'm telling you, prayers can absolutely heal people. But God uses those prayers and the prayers of people to bring deliverance and healing. Prayer is a powerful resource in which we must tap into and continue to do consistently every single day if we want to see the power of God continue to fall on this church. Paul was somebody who understood prayer. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 6, Paul said this, Be careful for nothing but in everything. By praying and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Dear friend, you cannot really be a growing Christian and not pray. Let me say it one more time. Dear friend, you cannot really be a growing Christian and not pray. Just like you cannot have a good marriage if you don't talk to your wife. Now, right there would be a good place to say amen. I mean, you can be a Christian and not pray just like you can be married and not talk to your spouse. But in both of those circumstances, I promise you, you'll be miserable. Prayer is the pipeline of communication between God and His people, between God and those who love Him. And so with that thought in mind, let me give you a few things to pray about this coming year. And and here's really my desire. I hope you have your pen. I hope you have your pencil. I hope that you've written on a sheet of paper or on a note or somewhere on the back of the bulletin. I hope you'll write Vision 2019. Here are the things that the pastor wants us to do. And then I hope you'll take it and hang it up on the refrigerator or put it by your Bible or stick it where you have your daily devotions and put this into practice and let's see God do great things in these areas as we pray daily. So what are they, preacher? Number one, the first one is Sunday school. I want you to help me pray every day for Sunday school. I want the best Sunday school for Jesus' sake, and we can have it if we'll pray. So how many of you want to see in Sunday school, preacher? Just one more. 
Just one more. If we could just put one more person, if we could just slide over and get one more person in Sunday school, would you help me pray that we'd reach one more person in Sunday school? And would you pray that every single day? If you'll do that, say amen. Amen. Number two. Second thing I want you to pray with me about is our worship service. Pray with me about our worship service. I want this house to be bathed in prayer every day that souls would be saved and disciples would be made for Jesus. Help me pray about what God's doing in this place where, just as Ron said, run to Jesus, run to Jesus. Bless God, I'll never forget uh, the day when that one ran to Jesus to get saved. This ought to be a soul-saving station where people come and receive Jesus Christ and the move of the Spirit of God is so strong and so powerful Powerful. They can't leave this place without encountering Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. Worship. Help me pray about worship. Let me say this too. In regards to worship, I need you to help me pray that we go to one service. I mean one service. We need one service here at Maysville Baptist Church. And we can get there if we'll pray about it together. If we will pray together, we can get to one service. Uh, we would say, why do we need to get to one service, preacher? Bless God, if we don't go to one service, y'all going to be finding another pastor. And it's not because I quit. It's because I'm dead. Did you know that preaching one sermon is like running a marathon? And I'm a little bit geared up. I'm a little bit geared up more than others. I, look, I, I've tried to be dignified. I've got to preach three services now. I'm like, All right, here we go. I can't do it. I can't do it. I got some of my peers, I mean, they got out of seminary and they say, God, I can't do it. I just can't. I can't control my, my, uh, uh, my passion that's inside. And I guess what it is, David, is I, I just think about when I was lost and I, I didn't know Jesus. And that was so many years ago. And he saved my wretched soul. And I just get excited about that. Because I'm not who I used to be. I'm changed. I'm different. And I've never got over my salvation experience. I've never got over the fact that Jesus Christ saved my soul. And so you, you put somebody like me behind the pulpit for, for, for three hours. Bless God, I'm here to tell you, he crashes when he gets home. He's good for nothing. I can't do it forever. I might can do it for a little while, but I promise you, if I do three services, and I keep doing three services, I'm going to lose my voice and my health's going to go down. Because I just can't, I just can't keep doing it. I need you to help me pray. I need you to help me pray that we get to one worship service. Number three, I need you to help me pray about the wild game dinner. As of today, the wild game dinner is February 21st, 2019. We still do not have a building. We don't have one. I need you to help me pray. We're praying every day. I'm praying. David's praying. I'm asking our staff to pray. And I'm calling our church to prayer. Will you pray that God would give us a building where we could have the wild game dinner? Uh, We need that. Number four. I need you to help me pray about revival this year. On May the 5th through the 8th is where we've set aside a season for revival now we do revival like they used to do it back in the day we prepare before we have it 
And so I'm going to head and start right now. We, we, I want us to start praying for May the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, we're going to have revival with Brother John Reed. How many of you know John Reed? Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that's a brother that's in love with Jesus. And I'm telling you, he is definitely working in the area of ministry that, God called, that God's called him to and gifted him in. And that's evangelism. I need you to help me pray. I need you to help me pray that God would bring revival to this place. He would revive the church. But here's what I want you also to pray. That there'd be many souls that would be saved. How many believe that God's still saving souls? All right, man. I'm telling you, I believe it with all my heart. Here's what we're going to do. You can put this date down. March 24th. It's a Sunday. March the 24th, I've invited John Reed to come. And this year, what we're going to do for our revival prep. You know, when years passed... I have put together a, a 30 day, a 35 day, or a 40 day prayer guide to help us as we make our way towards revival. Uh, this year, John Reed's got all that, all, he's got all that, and he wants to bring it to us, and we're going to do it. It involves a little app. We have an app that we're going to be using this year. It's going to be good. So don't listen to me. Listen, I just said app. And, and um, some some uh, little analytical intents with malfunction. Do not compute. Do not compute. <laughs> so I can't. You say I can't. I can't do an app. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're gonna help you. Here's what we want to do more than anything. We want to see one more person saved. Yes. But I'm here. Listen. Hear my. Hear your pastor's heart. If we're gonna see one more person saved, <coughs> it's gonna take all of us. All of us praying. Hey. We got to pray. pray. Help me pray for revival. And then here's the fifth one. Fifth one. I've got to hurry. Number five. The fifth thing I want you to pray about is I need you to help me pray about the gym. Help me pray about the gym. I'm calling the church to prayer for the gym every single day. Ask God to give us that gym. So what seems to be the holdup on the gym? The holdup on the gym is... Jackson County has adopted the international building standard. That's a, that's a good thing. Uh, however, when the plans were turned in, there were certain stamps that needed to be on those drawings. So the county took those plans out and sent them back to the architect. The architect, in the process of getting those stamps on those drawings, his son committed suicide. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. That kind of put everything to a halt help me pray for that gentleman help me pray for that family we're asking God to do a great work in that family's life just as soon as those plans are taken care of and stamped and we've got everything taken care of they'll go back to the county and uh, we've uh, are going to get that we're going to see it through but here, here's what I do know we're not going to go any further until everybody starts praying for the gym Everybody should pray. Everybody pray. So why, why? Why do we need that gym? We need that gym because that's a soul-saving station right out there. People are going to be saved out there. Young people are going to be saved. Sunday school is going to meet. That We're going to get some much-needed, listen to me, we're going to get some much-needed Sunday school space out there. We've got to have education space. Let me say this also. That gym is going to be paramount and key, if you will, to us going to one service. Did you know that gymnasium over there, that floor that's just right uh, through, this, through that door right there, that gym out there will seat 1,000 people. It'll seat 1,000 people. I would love for us to get it finished to the capacity where we could have worship in there. Have one service in two Sunday schools if we need it.
Listen, the plan is there. The vision's there. We can do this. But we've got to be praying about it and committed to pray about it. So well, what, about, what about our funding, Pastor? What kind of funds do we have? I don't have the exact number in front of me this morning. But I do know this. We have somewhere in the neighborhood of $130,000 plus cash ready to spend out there. We just, need, we just need the plans back so that we can go for it and get it done. If you'll help me pray about that, would you say amen right there? Here's the thing. When we pray together, now listen, I'm teaching this morning. I'm teaching. I'm, not, I'm passionate about some things, but these are things I've got to give you. Uh, because God's given them to me, and I want you to have them. And I want us to work together on this. But here are five things that happen when we pray. When we pray together as a congregation, when we pray together as a church, five things happen. Here's the first one. Number one, it, initi- it, it internalizes, internalizes the burden. Prayer in, internalizes the burden. I'm deeply burdened by that gym. I'm deeply burdened by lost people. I'm deeply burdened by this, by our church. I'm deeply burdened about Sunday school, about worship, about the wild game dinner, about revival. And I need you to join me and be burdened by that. And the only way you'll get the burden that I have is you've got to help me pray about it. It internalizes the burden. Number two, prayer focuses on us to wait. Prayer focuses and forces us to wait. Part of prayer is always waiting on God. God's timing is not our timing. But God's timing's best. And although it might not happen when we want it to happen, we better be careful when we get our hands on it. Because if we uh, get our hands on it and we try to work on our timing instead of let God doing His timing, I promise you we'll mess it up. And bless God, we don't need to mess anything else up. I mean, the bottom line is just simply this. We need to take our hands off of it, commit it to God, pray about it, and continue to be faithful in our giving, continue to be faithful in our praying, and let's watch what God does. I promise you, God has never let me down. For over 20 years, I've been in the ministry. Over 20 years, I've been preaching the gospel, and never has God ever, ever let me down. Look, I'm a living testimony, a living testimony as to how God takes care of his children. Prayer forces us to wait. Number three, prayer opens our spiritual eyes. When we pray, our spiritual eyes will be open. And watch this. No longer will we see that as a gym. We'll see it as a soul-saving station. When I said that, some ears perked up, and I, and I got a couple of amens about it. See, I don't see that just as a gym. I see that as an opportunity for people to be saved. I don't see Sunday school as just another hour where we get organized and we come together. No, I see it as a disciple-making station where people come and they're discipled. When we worship together, I don't just see this as a gathering, but I see God's people lifting up holy hands, praising God. And if you don't believe me, walk out this door and look at that picture right there. It opens our spiritual eyes. Number four, it aligns our hearts with God's heart. It aligns our heart with God's heart. I don't know about you, but I want God's heart when it comes to soul winning, discipleship, Sunday school worship. I want God's heart. I want my heart to be aligned with his heart. Number five, prayer enables us to move forward. Prayer engages God. And enables God's people. And enlarges his kingdom. Remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, without me, you can do what? What did Jesus say? Without me, you can do? You can't do anything without him. 
I can't, can't do anything without him. I, I told the first service, I said, when it comes to my personal prayer time, and I, I challenge you to do the same, uh, there are some mile markers that I try to pass on my journey in prayer. When I'm journeying in prayer, there are six mile markers I try to pass. Mile marker number one is the mile marker of praise. I praise God. Man, there's something we can praise God about every day. Man, I, I praise God this morning that my toes wiggled. I really did. Uh, number two, I want to pass the mile marker of thanksgiving. I want to be thankful. Bless God, this morning I was thankful the water was hot. Can I get a witness? You've got nine people living in your house. You might get hot water. You might not. I was thankful. Bless God, I had to get up at 5 o'clock to get it. But I got it. I was thankful for it. <laughs> number three, confession. Confession. I want to pass the mile marker of confession. God, is there anything that's in my heart between me and you? God, is there anything that I need to get right this way? Is there anything I need to get right that way? Is there anybody I need to get right with God? Confession. I thank God for 1 John 1, 9. Well, the Bible says if you'll confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Number four. I like to pass and try to pass the mile marker of intercession. Intercession. Intercession is my prayer request for you and for others. Get my book out and pray down through those requests that you've asked me to pray for. Pastor, will you pray for me about this? Will you pray for me about that? I'm praying for you about these things. I try to pass the mile marker of intercession. Number five, I try to pass the mile marker of petition. What's a petition? A petition is my request to God. I've interceded on your behalf, but there's some things that I'm asking God for personally. I can't tell you what they are because it's between me and my daddy. But I try my best to petition God for some specific things that I'd like to see in my life and in our church. And then the sixth and probably the most important one, one by which we often overlook, I try to pass the mile marker of listening. A lot of times when we say amen, it's prayer's over for us. I want to challenge you. Why don't you take three minutes? Take three minutes and be completely silent. Watch this. If we take just five seconds, beginning now. Boy, didn't that feel like an eternity? That's just five seconds. You take three minutes and just let God. Speak truth into your heart and life. We are so much in a hurry today, aren't we? I'm just, I'm telling the truth, man, we're in a hurry. Man, I'm in a hurry. I got to get here. I got to get there. I got to get over yonder. I got to make this appointment. I got to make that appointment. It's okay to be in a hurry every now and then. But I'm telling you, the bottom line is simply this. We don't need to be in a hurry when we're listening to God. We want to be able to pray daily. Number two, let me, I got to hurry. I don't have 15 minutes left. The second thing I want to give you this morning, God's placed on my heart for 2019, is not only to pray daily, but attend regularly. <coughs> attend regularly. Uh, here at Maysville Baptist Church, we are blessed to offer several avenues to experience worship. We've got the 815 right now. We've got the 930 right now. We've got the 11 o'clock service. You can watch us live. Hello, everybody watching us live. I'm, I love you. God bless you. Praying for you, those that are sick. If you're not sick and laying out, shame on you. I, I hope you choke on a Cheerio. Bless God. You can get me in, me in church. You can watch us live online. They're watching live right now. 
Somebody's doing the Heimlich at home. Somebody right now is doing the Heimlich maneuver. They're not sick or anything. Uh, number two, uh, or excuse me, also, not only watch us live, but you can watch archive, serv- archive services. Uh, you, you can go online and watch last week's, last month, last year's service. Number three, you, you can listen to us on uh, 1270 AM, WJJC, a, on the AM station. Uh, we go to the grocery store sometimes after church on Sunday, go to Ingalls. And we was going to Ingalls, and Miriam got out, and me and the kids stayed in the car, and I was channel surfing. Man, I heard this guy. He was getting with it, man. He was a-preaching and a-preaching, and I thought, my stars. That guy's getting with it, kids. And from the back, they said, Dad, that's you. He's country. He is a country bumpkin. <laughs> but in 2019, watch this, church. I, really, I want us to focus right here, what we got here. Now, here's the deal. We got a lot of people working, uh, having three services. People are working. They're doing things. But I'm telling you, everybody ought to be in this service at some point, whether it's 815, 930, or 11. You ought to hear your pastor preach. It's vitally important that you hear your pastor preach the Word of God. And not just on a recording, not just delayed, uh, but but live. To be in this congregation together. To attend regular worship services. What happens when we do this together? I hope you'll write fast. There are several things I want to give you. What happens when we worship together? Number one, we experience the presence of Jesus. We experience the presence of Jesus. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Listen to what the Bible says. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Listen, we are gathered together in the name of Jesus. Jesus is right here with us. We are experiencing right here. Listen, we're experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ. Throughout Scripture, wherever God's people would gather to worship, God promised a manifestation of his presence. Dear friend, Jesus Christ is here today. Number two, I'm making disciples by teaching and preaching the Word of God. Right now, I'm making disciples. I'm helping us to grow up in Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 tells us this. Let me paraphrase if I could. The Bible says, And the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. That is, to the spiritual leaders. They paid attention to the teaching that they were giving. Why? Because the teaching was given from God. Dear friend, I hope you know me well enough now. I've been here four years. It'll be five years in August. Bless God, I'm only going to say what this says. It ain't going to be, well, I think, I hope, I yada, yada, yada. Have a good day, your best life now. No, that's not. No, no. It's thus saith the Lord. That's what I want. I want a man that's on fire for God that'll say, thus saith the Lord, and that'll preach the truth of God's word. It doesn't matter what the world does. It all is what God said and live by his book. Well, I'm just cold, and I've got to call all that. I'm going to call all that. Call, call. Number three. Let me give you number three. Watch this. We experience corporate worship. We experience corporate worship. A powerful celebration takes place when believers gather and begin to worship and praise God together. Psalms chapter 35 verse 18. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. Psalms chapter 111 verse 1 says this. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Psalms 134 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. 
Hebrews 2, 12. I will declare your name, my brethren, in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. Uh, there is uh, nothing quite like the experience of openly uh, participating in a united corporate worship, especially here at Maysville Baptist Church. I believe we've got the best worship anywhere. I love to worship God with you. The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. Dear friend, this is not just some kind of ecclesiastical duty that we're doing today. This is worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the God who made this universe. We're praising his great and holy name. And the Bible says God inhabits, inhabits the praise of his people, Psalm 22, 3. That word inhabit there means to sit with. Can I ask you a question? Who are you sitting with today? Number four. When we attend worship together, we participate in united prayer. I hope that you will make plans in 2019 to join us on Sunday nights. I know Sunday nights have gone by the wayside. I know Sunday nights is considered by some to be family night. But I'm just going to be honest with you. Why on earth would we want to spend anywhere? Just take a little time. Just take an hour on Sunday night and spend time with family in church. Hey. I appreciate those two amens. Thank you very much. Thanks. Again, this is not an ecclesiastical duty. You say, well, bless God, I've already been in church. I've already listened to you spit, you know, four rows back. I, I just I don't come back on Sunday night. Why? I'll tell you the reason why. Because on Sunday nights, we have corporate prayer. There's a time where we gather together on Sunday nights and we pray. Sometimes we come to the altar. Sometimes we gather in small little groups in this auditorium. Sometimes we link hands across. Uh, sometimes we have special groups come down and we lay our hands on them and we pray for them. Uh, we have a specific time of corporate prayer time together where the church is praying together. Oh, it's so vitally important. Number five, got to hurry. We enjoy fellowship. I don't know of anybody I like to fellowship more than you guys. Uh, I was asked yesterday, I was at another family gathering. Uh, they asked, said, well, how many, how many uh, Christmas parties do you go to as a pastor? I don't know. We probably went to about 30 this, this season, uh, probably about 30. Uh, I mean, now we went to every party we could possibly go to. If you invited us, Miriam and I and the kids, we, we tried our best to go to every party. Had a three-year-old little girl invite us to a tea party. We went just to be faithful. I mean, sat there and drank tea. It was wonderful. I mean, the fact of the matter is I love to fellowship with each one of you. We fellowship together. Number six, we love one another on special days. We love one another on special days. The local church is where believers come together uh, for the sacred, sacred covenant of marriage. Dear friend, the world can define marriage however it wants to, but I'm telling you what, there's only one way the Bible defines it. And as the Bible has defined marriage, so too we ought to move in that direction. Let God's word be true and everywhere else a lie. We also gather together not only for weddings, but we also gather for funerals. The church comes together when a brother or sister uh, has a family member that dies. The Bible says it's appointed to the man once to die and after that the judgment. Dear friend, I'm asking us to attend regularly so that we can be a part of each other's lives. I find it so fascinating. I hear from you many times. You say, I was in the grocery store the other day and, and uh, I saw somebody. We struck up a conversation. I invited them to church and you know what I found out? They're a member. We go to one service and they go to another. They go to one Sunday school class and we go to another. Again, this is why it's so vitally important that we get to one service so that we'll know one another. We can love one another. We can continue to support one another and pray for one another. 
attend regularly. Number seven, we exercise our spiritual gifts. God's gifted you to teach, some of you to teach, some to be assistant teachers, outreach leaders. God has given you that. You need to be operating in that uh, gift. Number eight, we participate in evangelism. Being a part of a local church and attending regularly, you hear your pastor's heart on evangelism. And in hearing my heart on evangelism, it is said, and I believe it to be true, I've noticed it in my own ministry, that the church adopts the personality and passion of the pastor. So how can you adopt the passion that I have for lost souls if you don't come and attend? Oh, I'm not getting on to anybody. I'm just simply saying, why don't we make 2019 a time where we don't work both services? But we get in here say, well, I want to free up a, a seat for somebody else. Bless God, I want us just to get us all in here. Let's get together. So well, what if we got to cram together real tight? Then wouldn't that be fun in Jesus' name? So would you promise to keep it short, preacher? I promise to preach as long as the Lord Jesus would have me to preach. Not a minute more. Not a minute more. Number nine. Listen to this one. This is so vitally important, church. When we attend regularly right here in this service, and this is happening right now, we have a spiritual covering. A spiritual covering. We all need a roof over our heads. We need one physically, but we also need one spiritually. The local church provides a spiritual covering for the people of God. A covering is not for the purpose of controlling or caging the people in its care. It is designed and designated for protection, for safety, for securing an environment, for healthy personal growth. You ought to have the freedom and liberty. Watch this. That, listen, would the choir be singing or there be a special music? If the Holy Spirit of God moves in your heart, you ought to have the freedom and liberty to stand up and just come get in this altar and pray and ask God and just pray and do whatever you need to do in relationship to God. If that's what it takes for you to get right with God, then don't just sit there. You ought to have the liberty to be able to do it. The local church is a community of believers who are living transparently with one another under the oversight and covering of their spiritual leader. The pastor and the pastoral staff of the church are responsible for your soul. Dear friend, listen, the scripture tells us, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, my responsibility is to be, a, I have a watch care, a watch care over your soul. I want to I be good. Listen, I can't watch over your soul if you're not under the preaching. Hey, could it be, could it be that there's, there, there may be problems and experiences that you're going through because you're not under the preaching of the Word of God? Yeah, has this ever happened? You ever ran into somebody who was a member of the church and for whatever reason they didn't show up that Sunday and, and, and uh, they said, oh, you know, gloom, despair, and agony on me, everything's so bad and all, and you say something like this, you should have heard the pastor's message on Sunday. What you're saying is you should have been over that spiritual covering. If you were under that spiritual covering, God would have met your need, but you, you weren't there. Number 10. You'll be glad to know I only have 10. We participate in the ordinances of the church together. When we, listen, when we attend regularly, we participate in the ordinances of the church. Only two, only two. God gave us two ordinances. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. We got to see both of those last Sunday night. Wasn't that a beautiful, wonderful time together last Sunday night? Man, God really showed up. We participate in that. Here's the third and final one. I'm out of time. Two minutes. Watch this. I'll give it to you. We invite weekly. 
invite weekly. So here's the three, three things God's given me for 2019. Vision for the church. Pray daily. Attend regularly. And invite weekly. Did you know, watch this. Did you know that 98%, 98% of believers that are involved in a church and that are members of the church, 98% never invite one person to come to church? Never. Don't raise your hand. But who did you invite this week? Watch this. Here's another statistic. 87% of the people that were invited, 87% of lost people that are invited to church get saved. Somewhere along the way, I don't know what happened, but we stopped inviting people to church. It works. It still works. I want to challenge you, church, weekly, Invite somebody to church. Before you leave here, go by the Welcome Center. Find something. I, I hope it's completely empty by the time church is over today. I would find something that's got our service times on it, at least one, and go invite somebody this week. Somebody this week. Uh, my desire would be that you would put pressure on us as a church to continue to have to reload every single week um, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the report that, gives us, that, that tells us, uh, uh, excuse me, bless God, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that I want us to be loading every single week the schedule uh, of the church. Haven't we got cards out there that say this is the service times and all? Pass them out. Keep them empty. Keep put pressure. Come up to the preacher. Where are they at? You told us to get them. They ain't, where are you? What's going on? We can invite family, extended family, personal friends, relatives, people that are around us, coworkers, uh, neighbors, uh, community leaders, even strangers. This is the vision God's given me for 2019. Just three of them. I got three more. I'll have to give them to you next week. Pray daily, attend regularly, invite weekly. Let's pray. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. These can be done. We can accomplish the task. We can look back at the end of 2019 and say, wow, look what God did. But we need you to buy into it. I need you to say, yes, I will do this, Pastor. I'm putting my yes on the table. Now, you might be here today and maybe you can't put your yes on the tables because you don't know where you're going to spend an eternity. You, you don't know Christ as your Savior. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. Friend, I got good news for you today. Today's the day of salvation. Did you know the Bible says you can know that you're going to heaven when you die? That's what the Bible says. 1 John 5.13 tells us, These things that I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know that today. You can know that beyond any shadow of a doubt. So how might I know that, Pastor? By believing on the name of the Son of God. But not believing in your head, but believing in your heart. Have you ever done that? you ever believed in your heart? I'm not just talking about praying a prayer. I'm talking about really believing in your heart. Do you ever believe that? If you haven't, I want to give you that opportunity today. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you're here and you'd like to receive Christ, 
If you'd like to get assurance of your salvation, you want to trust Jesus. From your heart to God's heart, would you exercise Romans chapter 10, verse 9? Would you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and be saved? Say, could you help me, preacher? I could. I can. I will. Why don't you say something like this to God from your heart? From your heart to God's heart. Why don't you say something like this? Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins. This morning I ask you to save my soul. Thank you for saving me. I'll live for you. You are my Lord. In Jesus' name. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you did that this morning, if you prayed that prayer, the prayer didn't save you. You're saved by faith. And dear friend, I want to just welcome you into the family of God. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to come get you. That's not, what I, that's not my MO. That's not what I do. But I've got some counselors up here today. And these counselors are prepared to give you a book that I wrote a couple years ago. I want to give you that book. It'll help you on your spiritual journey. Would you come get it this morning? Father, thank you so very much for the opportunity to preach Vision 2019. Lord, would you burden our heart with this and help us to accomplish it for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. We love you, and we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. As we stand today, the altars are open. Maybe you'd like to come and just begin the journey now. Whatever your need, why don't you come to Jesus today as we sing. Brother Ron, would you lead us just as I am? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to here today and maybe the Lord spoke to you about being baptized you need to be baptized why don't you come share with these guys here let us pray with you we won't baptize you today but we'll definitely get it scheduled want to see obey the Lord in believers baptism maybe you need to join our church we open the doors of the church at this time this will be a great time to join we're talking about vision 2019 had uh, two precious new members come up to me after the 815 service hug my neck man about squeeze my head right off my neck said thank you so much pastor for casting that vision today we're in we're so thankful we joined this church well we'd love to have